Welcome back to the Motivating Forest Podcast. I am host Sway, and joining me as always, we have the wonderful Justin. Now, if you haven't seen the video, I think two episodes ago, it was our last Wednesday episode where we talked about the Bushido Code and how the Samurais used it in their code of conduct in their daily lives. Go ahead and check that one out because there's going to be a little bit of uh, callbacks from that in this episode. But today we're going to be talking about um, being mindful of what you say, how you say it, and when to say different things to the people around you, the people you choose to speak to. Because one thing that I've had to do recently is watch what I say to people and not being spiteful or like trying to hide things. Just, you know, how many times have you said things that have just been full of ego? How many times have you just been trying to fill that awkward silence that we get? And, you know, like elevators, when you're just sitting there, you don't know what to say to somebody. And then you kind of just blah, 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 blah. Guess we're going up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then how many times are you just giving away too much information? And it doesn't have to be like company policies and different things you're doing at work it's just you're giving away too much information of your own life example when you're at a dealership right and then their their job is to sell you a car and that's something my dad said to me is just shut up right because they're going to be quiet when you're taking the tours of looking at all the cars and they're just going to be taking in everything you say to them and then they're going to use that as ammo to try to upsell you on things or try to get you to buy certain models of cars right so in like where you think it's a normal conversation where you're just telling them about all your history with cars, all the people you know with this it's car. The draft. Exactly. And that's what they're going to use to go, oh, well, he's not going to want anything else. It's just going to be this, you know? It's one rule to advertising and marketing. The One of the, one of the number one rules, right? Because there's a lot of number one rules when it comes to that thing is he who speaks first loses. Right. There's a lot of truth to that. And it applies to more than just sales. Exactly. But as I'm saying, it's just an example, right? Real world adaptation to what we're talking about. But on my end today, lately, I've noticed that the more I say to people, the more trash and negativity I get in response. You know, I'm trying to weed out all the, the negativity and the, from conversations I have with people. I don't need to be put down about the things I'm saying or the things that I'm trying to do, right? Oftentimes than not, do you go off and start telling somebody your your goals what you want to try your little projects your side hustles whatever it is and then they just go oh well i don't think it's going to go anywhere or you know i don't think you're the right fit for that you should probably let those guys do it or you know they, they're immediately trashing you and this is where call back to uh, the episode i mentioned where loyalty comes into play because it's very easy to spot the people that are putting on the appearance of being loyal to you when they're so quick to shut you down. They're so quick to put all those goals and expectations that you have for yourself down when all you're trying to do is get them uh, in that, that mindset with you of you're excited, you're hopeful, and then you're just trying to get more people to be hopeful with you. And then they're quick to knock you down because in reality, they're just not that loyal. Well, that's the scary thing, right? Because they're, they're definitely loyal. They're loyal to who you are right now. Not who you want to be, good or bad. They're loyal to you. They like you for how you are, and they don't want things to change. It's common, you right. know? Yeah, and that's why I've been lately practicing the art of watching my tongue. But I'm going to pull from the book 
uh, the 48 laws of power that we've mentioned briefly before. But I feel like this goes hand in hand with today's episode, so I got two laws for you. The first one being, power cannot accrue to those who squander their treasure of words. Power is in many ways a game of appearances. When you say less than necessary, you inevitably appear greater and more powerful than you are. Learn the lesson. Once the words are out, you cannot take them back. Keep them under your control. So obviously, like we just mentioned before in marketing and sales and stuff, those who speak first lose, right? When you're able to keep your words under, you know, control, when you're able to keep all that excess information that you're just freely giving out to people, you don't give the other person the the ammunition to shoot back at you, right? You're giving them weapons to knock you down. You're giving them weapons to upsell you on things. Yeah, I mean, the way I, I really think about that, uh, that law that you're going through right now, it's really good in confrontations. And it's really good in the heat of the moment because, you know, think about how many times you got into an argument and said something that was, let's just say you probably spent the next six months making up for what you said. Yeah, you crossed a line, you went too far. Right. And all that's because you need to have your words under your control. Don't let your mind slip. Don't let your mind speak until you've decided on what you should be saying. Well, hold on. Don't let your tongue slip. Yeah. Because your mind can keep thinking all those things. Just don't let it out. Yeah. Very true. Very true. But so many times, like you just said, I've regretted something that I've said or truth that I've let out because I was just trying to fill in that like awkward silence when you're just trying to be friendly and then you kind of go on too much or you're in an interview with somebody and then you're just talking to this guy about how you're going to get this job and all that, but he is applying for the same position and you're just shooting yourself in the foot because now he's like, oh, this is my competition. I'm going to take him out. You know, so it's kind of like that. And what I've come to realize lately is the more you say, the more ammunition you give your enemies to shoot back at you with. So moral of the story is keep them blindsided, keep them unsuspecting and unaware. Then when they become the desperate one, they will be the ones to start talking and making themselves look like a fool. Now, that's something that we are very um, familiar with when watching videos of Jordan B. Peterson, which very hated in society but i mean in self-improvement and and self-help groups people that can kind of weed out like the the herd mentality and kind of think for ourselves and see other people that are thinking for themselves as well we kind of like look up to him we look up to people that are able that aren't afraid to say what needs to be said right and in this example that's like i said he's a master in this because there's plenty of videos where he's trying to teach a class. He's just having a lecture with a class in college and a bunch of rioters come in, rioters, right? Mm-hmm. So they come in, they full, they kind of put on a full riot in the middle of his class and the people that are trying to listen to him are like yelling back at the, the rioters to shut up or to get out. And he just tells them all like, be quiet. Don't engage with them. Don't interact. And then he just sits back in his chair like this just watches them they're all yelling and screaming because sooner or later they start saying so much useless information and so much like nonsense that they start contradicting themselves in the group the rioters that came in to like interfere with his lecture are contradicting with each other and then they're making themselves look bad they're making themselves the biggest fool in that classroom yeah, I think a, a good point to that, too, because I 
do remember seeing a couple of those videos and what you have to realize is the people in his classroom that are there to learn something from him, right? They obviously like him. Otherwise, they wouldn't be taking his class. So the point isn't that he's waiting for them to be contradictory so that way he can prove to his class that the rioters are wrong. What he's waiting for is enough of that ammunition to be able to silence the rioters, which is exactly what he does. So he works it kind of the exact opposite way of the way we're used to doing it where he's the one that sits back and then he lets the ammo build up on the people trying to get ammo against him right and then he just mag dumps the whole thing man he lets it all (laughs) out and and just proves him wrong and it's not for the class it's for the rioters because you can sit there and you can discern through all the information that's being thrown at you when you're in an argument and if you just hold back that little bit until you get that clear picture that you can just prove them wrong and you wait for that golden opportunity pull the trigger on it prove them wrong what do they have left to say usually either stupidity or nothing and they leave right. which is a win for you you know right and i believe you mentioned it before we actually started recording that there's other interviews or other videos i should say of interviews of him or what seems like an interview at first, but really ends up being like the the host or whatever attacking him. And he does that same thing. He just sits back and he just takes it all. And then once they stop talking, he lets it all out. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I love how people think they can argue with somebody who's been studying psychology for 30 years. (laughs) It's it's hilarious to me. But yeah, whether right or wrong, no difference. But literally somebody who's been studying how humans mentally work for 30 years plus you're not going to win an argument. And then again, this is all opinionated as well. Like we see him as somebody that we can learn from, but if you're not familiar with Jordan B. Peterson, or if you don't know anything about him, I implore you to go look into him, uh, research some of his books, read the books, watch some videos, and then make your own assessment of what you should think about him. We're not telling you who to listen to or whatever. We're just giving you examples even for just the discernment of this video, you guys want a good example of this? He's somebody who's a good example of it. Go watch those videos of how he interacts with conflict. It's a great way. It's nothing to do with how he is or what his opinions are, but watch the tactics and strategies he uses because that's precisely what we're talking about here today. It's almost the exact reason why he was, like he became as famous as he is now and the uh, controversy started all because of that. He started getting attacked outside verbally, I should say, by a bunch of people. And the way he handled it kind of made them shut up. But the group associated to that didn't like that. They weren't fans of that. So then now he grew in fame because of being able to hold his ground and hold his tongue, basically, and saying the right things when they needed to be said. But also the way we speak to others um, becomes their inner voice of what of who we are to them right of our portrayal of them and there's a scholar and a literal giant um professor Nii asundare i don't want to mess up his name but i i probably did uh he said to utter is to alter and words have the inherent power to alter people's moods countenance and even change the course of history so words have a big impact on a lot of things all the way down to you know 
different things that you've done in your life, if you're able to just say something about it, if you're able to stand up for it, again, back to the Bushido, having the courage to stand up for others and saying or taking the blame and saying, like, listen, that's that was my fault. It wasn't the team. That makes you look like the better leader. So that can affect that just for saying the right things. Um, standing your ground when it comes to management or companies not doing something right and you're standing up and you're saying the right things when they needed to be said, it can affect that as well. All the way down to how you just look to others. So like I said at the beginning, the more I say to people, the more I get negative um, negative in return from certain people, but that's them shaping the reputation of me in their mind because I'm giving them the information. I'm giving them that ammo to then store and then start writing away at this 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 reputation that I supposedly have in their mind because everybody's going to have a different opinion of you and it's all based on what you give them. Man, I like it. I like where it's going. So again, from the 48 Laws of Power, I said I had two laws. This is law number five. So much depends on reputation. Guard it with your life. Reputation is the cornerstone of power. Through reputation alone, uh, you can intimidate and win. Once it slips, however, you are vulnerable and will be attacked on all sides. So make your reputation unassailable. Always be alert to potential attacks and thwart them before they happen. So again, back to the Bushido where we were talking about honor and reputation. You have that reputation to uphold. So why are you going to keep giving them them that information or that, that ammo to keep knocking it down? I believe it's only like a certain percent of the information you're trying to give others. Like if, if I give 100% of context or what I assume to be my context and how I mean the words I'm saying to you, you're only going to take a percentage of that through hearing, right? Uh, then after hearing, you have to uh, process all that information in your head. So then now that percentage that you already heard is going to go even smaller. So then the context that you're processing might be different than the process that I'm telling you in, right? So then that's also an, uh, a factor that comes into play when it comes to forming and shaping that reputation that others have of you. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to take it uh, too far off track with that, but just to say... So you guys are aware when it does come to communication skills and whatnot, um, when it, especially for context, what you're saying only makes up about 30% of context for others. Um, and that's based off of, again, what gets lost in translation. Because even though we're saying the same words, red is red for me, red is red for you, it's really not. There's differences. We think of different things. I might think of a car. He might think of an apple. You're already starting to, to skew the context a little bit. So you lose a percentage of that communication vocally there. And at the same time, what people don't realize with the context is your tone of voice, the pace of your voice, body language. and your body language yeah. is actually closer to 70% of the context that people receive. So not only is it your words, it's everything about you, which is why when you talk about building that reputation, when you think of people's reputations, you think of like, oh, yeah, he's really firm, you know, or he's really, like, uh, mysterious or something. And that that doesn't have anything to do with what's physically coming out of their mouth, the words that are coming out. That has to do with how they portray themselves, how they act, how they represent themselves physically and physically, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that can lead down a whole nother conversation that we can have about 
social media because social media is going to cut what you just said 70% of context out yeah. because there isn't that tone of voice. There isn't that body language. None of that is in account when you're just writing something and then somebody on the other side of the world is reading it. That's why I just wanted to hit it real quick. I just wanted to, yeah. to put it out there in the air and give you guys uh, that that perception of it, that understanding of it. But I know that's a whole different topic. Yeah. So I mean, but it was you know. good. It was it was there. The context is there, as you should say. <laughs> um, but no, that that's another reason why I talk about the Forty Eight Laws of Power as well. Like, it's a great book because, of course, you can think of power in whatever context you want to take it in. But what it's trying to give you, it's basically having confidence, right? Power is the confidence in yourself. So when you have confidence in what you say, when you say it, confidence to hold your tongue in those awkward moments, you're going to feel a lot better. You're going to feel uh, like your your position in the world's higher up, you know? Um, but the great thing about the book, yeah, I just give you the laws and then I kind of go on my own examples. What the book does is give you examples from different like leaders in history or different events that have happened or different fictional stories to give you more context on what the meaning of that law would go with so it's also a great checkout for people you know interested in this kind of things to read the book or listen to it on audible or something Uh, so again be mindful of what you say and who you say it to you can't control how people comprehend what you say 100 percent of the time because we just broke that down for you so be careful when you choose to speak at all know you who you can trust and be truthful learn to embrace the awkward silences and how to hold back your tongue because it won't be them that throws you under the bus it will be yourself i like it man i really do you know being in a in a leadership position this is definitely a key topic that you have to understand in order to be a successful leader because a lot of it you know a lot of this does apply to that and it and it does come down to different aspects of confidence And the way you portray yourself being one, the way you word things being second, right? And I think like, like with this topic, man, what I'm thinking about, what I'm going through in my head is always conflict. It's how you word things when you're in conflict. Because obviously if you're sitting at home, you're with your family, I mean, there is a a point of communication that you probably don't portray, right? Um... But there's, there's a lot more like relaxation in the way you speak and where practicing this really comes to be beneficial in people's lives is through confrontation. And unfortunately, in today's world, uh, you, your words will always be skewed and they'll always be used against you one way or another, um, just the way it is right now. So personally... Um, you know, different tactics and strategies we use, like you said, uh, or like I said, sorry, with the, the sales strategy there, right? He who speaks first loses. So it's something where you need to hold your tongue during negotiations on things like that. But also in terms of conflict, um, that's where confidence gets really big. So something we use at work all the time, uh, for, you know, for myself, um, being a manager in a garage, of course, I have to deal with, uh, the disgruntled customers, right? People who think that, you know, we, we did the wrong job on their car, whether we did or didn't, besides the point right now, right? But they come in, they're heated, they're pissed, their car is still not working the way that they want it to. And if they come in and they're being berate or being arrogant or ignorant even, they keep going on and on and on, right? You just sit there and listen. 
okay, they gave you a little window there. Okay, well, you know, I'm sorry that happened. Here's what we can do about it. Here's what's going on. Here's why I think that happened. We can fix that. And before you get through all that, they're already talking over you again. As the very first second somebody starts talking over me in an argument, I immediately go quiet. And I don't do it in a sheepish, sheepish way, right? I'll... Yeah, you'll sit back, let them kind of speak. give it that little, like, like you're trying to listen to a child. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're arguing with a child. And I, I'll give off that appearance with the body language because they're going to recognize that. And, you know, it's, it's 50-50 if they keep talking or if they stop. Either way, personally, it's probably better if they keep talking because you let them wear themselves out. And then when they're done, I acknowledge what they did. That's that confidence part, right? You don't just let it go and then try to, oh, okay, well, okay, you're done talking. Okay, so here's what we can do about that. You know, it's like, are you done? Was that everything? Do you have anything left? Because I'm, I'm trying to explain to you what we're going to do to solve that problem. But if you're not going to let me speak, then I, I can't convey that to you. Yeah, the point's not going to cut across if you don't want to hear it. Right. And then nine times out of ten, that gets people to shut up. And then the other 10% is people who really don't want the problem fixed. They just want to be ignorant and want to argue with somebody. There's people out there like that, you know. But having that confidence in the way you speak and being able to understand when to hold your tongue and when not to, it's a beautiful thing, man. And there's, there's a lot more to it than just that. So I definitely recommend you guys, you know, dive deep on that. See the different things. See the things with the body language. See the way that you present yourself. Because all that adds to your vocabulary. Yeah. It adds towards the context of how people see you. And when, you, when you're starting to do everything right, you're going to build up that reputation, like you said. You're going to start picking your words more wisely. And there's value to that. Right. And if you're somebody who, you know, you're always heated in a conversation, it might be tough for you to start implementing this kind of you know holding your tongue when conflict does arrive because it's not going to be the first thing you think about so a good way to get that into habit is to use it for other aspects use it in those awkward silences you know just embrace the silence embrace you know letting somebody else talk first never just kind of give all this information out because like what usefulness do they have if they're not asking for it you know, if somebody's not asking you what your hobbies are, what you do in your free time, why do they care? So just hold that in. You don't need to try to get everybody under your umbrella of being hopeful and joyful for your life because in reality, they're trying to live their own. You know, so it's kind of, it sounds kind of dark, but, you know, get in the habit of being mindful of what you say and who you say it to because, like I said, oftentimes there's people that just don't care, so then you're going to be put down. So avoid the negativity by holding your tongue, keep it in, be hopeful and joyful with yourself, keep all those goals and plans that you have for yourself under lock and key until you see other people that are loyal to you, that are curious about what you're doing, that do want to help you improve and all this stuff, then you can bring them under, then you can start telling them because then they'll be, they'll be motivating you to keep on with that, they'll be motivating you to actually achieve those goals than just let you like go to failure. Yeah, man, that was a that was a great point there because at the end of that, before you continued, I was gonna say, you know, with that darkness, it's like, yeah, but you could be creating fake friends for yourself. 
by sitting there thinking they're listening to you and all they're doing is really just getting annoyed. Yeah, they're trying to find holes in how to shoot you down. Yeah, not your real friends just because you can't stop talking to them. And just like how we can't stop talking to you guys, we'd appreciate it <laughs> if you listened more. Every Monday and Wednesday at 8 a.m. EST, we do drop new videos. We do drop them on YouTube if you would like to see our beautiful faces. And, of course, we're on your favorite podcasting platforms because we are on Anchor FM, which does shoot us across the spectrum there. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you want to listen to us. And if you think it's your turn to talk, we are definitely more than open to that. We do reply to all comments on YouTube, as well as any DMs, suggestions, comments on our posts over on Facebook and Instagram. So be sure to check those out. All those links are down in the description. And until next time, go and get it.